This episode was recorded February 6th. Welcome to another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Fantastic. Thank you. Today we have another great guest for you guys. He's the founder of Team Bushido, actor, stunt driver, physical trainer, and chef. It's fair to say he does it all. <laughs> Please welcome to the Lakers Locker Room, Nabil Khatib. Nabil, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How you been? Are you staying safe? Uh, yeah, I try to stay safe as possible. You know, with uh, with all the stuff that's happening, it's uh, it's it's a bit of a pain in the booty. But uh, hey, what are you gonna do? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to be uh, I'm trying to be uh, clean on this. I don't know what, how 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 much we can you know let go on your podcast. So I'm trying to. I said booty instead of butt or ass or whatever. Oh, well, anyway, I said it too late. That's okay. <laughs> so yeah, so we're trying to say trying to stay as safe as possible and and. Uh, you know the people that are concerned with it. I keep I keep my distance from them. I mean, I'm I'm concerned as well, but I mean not as much as as most people. I think, yeah, because I, I don't think there's a there's a, a big issue in, in the fitness field. So, what are some activities you've been up to, and what the downtime of COVID to kind of keep you busy and out of out of trouble? <laughs> well, well, I mean, I've as you said, I've you know, um, I was a chef for a long time, so I love to cook. It keeps me busy. Uh, the uh, the acting thing I, I had a gig a little while ago which you know about I was on uh, a TV series a couple weeks ago in Toronto so I'm you know busy doing that and then uh, opening up the reopening the gym again um, which again with renovations and everything else took took a little while to get going but then so now we're teaching classes again and um, and uh, so with that with everything else that happens I'm just constantly doing something so keep myself. Uh, active uh, keeping revenue re- revenue steam stream coming in as well as keeping myself uh, sane, right, with uh, with everything else that's happening, so. Anyways, we're going to get right into it. Um, Obviously, in the intro, I talked, I said that you guys did a little bit of acting. Just talk about mm-hmm. where your passion for acting came came from when you were a kid. Uh, uh, well, I would say that it, because, it, you know, my parents were um, a little bit strict. We're, we're, I'm Lebanese, uh, born to Lebanese parents. I'm, I'm the first generation Canadian. So growing up, I was it was a bit a uh, bit of a strict lifestyle uh, with my parents. So I, you know, would sit at home, watch TV. I wasn't really, really allowed to go out too much, and so on. I went out a little bit, um, but I ended up watching you know TV shows and keeping myself uh, occupied with that. I just found a lot of uh, a lot of the shows were just interesting. The way that uh, you know what a character can go from one from one character to another you know, in a, in a different film or a different TV series or whatever the case. <clears throat> and I just found that, <clears throat> found that um, just really interesting. And I, I loved, I loved the, the seeing the transition. And as I grew older, um, you know, I, I want to do it. I just, you know, busy with life and so on. Uh, I started watching people in commercials. You know, I would notice, I would notice these people in commercials and they were just so they would stand out in a commercial and then you would see them in a different commercial. And then, and then you would see them in a small TV series or, or, or you know, a small role in a movie, and then they move up. And I found that I found that uh, really, really um, pro- uh, progressively interesting. And uh, you know, to be able to be to get outside of yourself to be an actor, I think is, is a lot of fun. So where did it all start? How did you get into it? What was you know first person to talk to? Or I um, after I retired, uh, after I retired, I was. Uh, someone called me from uh, from a comedy club, and uh, it's called uh, Absolute Comedy here in Ottawa. 
and they asked me to be a celebrity guest judge for one of their shows. So yeah, of course, you know, I said no problem. I showed up. I love I love going to comedy shows anyway. So uh, when I got there, one of the other judges was was um, Smite Casting, which is for from Ottawa, and she recognized me and we started chatting in a bit. She said, you know, you'd be a, you'd be good on camera. You're, you have that face for it, that type of thing. And as I said, so growing up, it was it was quite an interesting, you know, uh, thought for me, and I just never had a chance to, to 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 do it. And then you know, being retired, even though I was still running a gym, I was retired from fighting. I thought the transition would be would, would be pretty easy, going from from camera on TV, from fighting and so on, doing TV TV interviews and so on, and so on and things like that it would be an easier transition for for film. Um, so I did sign up with her, and I uh, started doing background roles and so on. And then when I started doing actual um, auditions for lines, the transition wasn't that easy. <laughs> it was, a, you know, a whole different ballgame completely. I mean, being being a fighter, you're nervous, you know, before you get on, you know, go to the cage and so on. Uh, and I thought, oh, yeah, I've been on TV before. That, was, that shouldn't be a big deal. I'm literally just uh, doing my first audition. I flubbed up my lines a dozen times. Like my stomach was turning. I like, I don't understand. It, I mean, then I realized... Like, man, I'm I'm being judged. This is what it's about, right? And I, you have to be able to to deal with that that sort of uh, that sort of thing, and don't let it get to you. You know, the the first while it was was tough, but you know, we get through it. No matter what, you're always gonna be nervous for auditions. I've always been nervous for fights. Uh, you know, 44 fights later, still nervous. It doesn't make a difference, right? We're talking on fights, how yeah. did uh, the martial arts world start for you? I know, being myself, I started young and. Into- karate and it really ingrained discipline and integrity into myself Uh, for you you know growing up in ottawa there's a lot more you know there's a lot more dojos gyms styles of training you know different martial arts how was that for you what was the first one you picked up when you say there's more more than where i'm where you're in toronto i'm in i'm in smith falls so i'm in a small town so i got i got you know literally all we had was there's two karate dojos and Mm. then i'd have to travel 45 minutes to get maybe one Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah. That was that was it. Hey, maybe I'll have to open up in Smith Falls then. Hey, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it's another passion that I had as a kid, Bruce Lee. You know, of course, watching Bruce Lee movies. So the movies, you know, Bruce Lee martial arts and then the movies itself, right? So that was there's another, you know, transition as well. But um, I had just... I, I was a chef for 15 years. So going back to what you said about me and being a cook, that, that's what I grew up doing with my parents. My parents owned a restaurant. Uh, and um, so that was a passion of mine too. I love to make food for people. And I like to, I love to, to experiment with different foods. So I, my, my last job was at the Chateau Laurier. That's where I was working at, which is a, yeah, you know, yeah. a big hotel, Fairmont yeah, hotel. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was settled, you know, um, at home, you know, living my life, just starting to really build a life for myself and my family. And uh, one of the guys came in. Uh, his name is Kay. I remember his name. I'll, I'll never forget his name. His name is Kay. He's very, very loud mouthed and excited. You know, he's a nice guy. Just, just always full of life. Oh, you want to see the move? I showed you. Uh, he did jujitsu uh, yesterday. I'm sure it shows me. He shows me this move. He says, oh, give me a bear hug from behind. So he grabs me. I grab him from behind. And, it, and he just drops to his drops to his butt, just sits down below me, and he throws an elbow and a bottom fist. I'm not sure what he did. I'm not sure what it was. And he escaped. I said, oh, yeah, it's, that's kind of cool. And, uh, I said, you know, I, where did you do it? And he told me where it was. And the very next day, I went and I tried a class, and I signed up, and that was it. And I fell in love with martial arts, and, and there you go. That's it. That's how it worked out. Oh, 
now stepping into the amateur world and like what's the process to making it to the professional realm like for basketball for us we, we kind of understand that process yeah. and i know for a lot of people the martial arts world still new and growing so could you walk <clears throat> us through that process um you know everybody thinks it's such a such a big big process or a big deal when i first started if i wasn't if i'd had no experience in martial arts at all if i was a street fighter called a street fighter yeah. i could have i could have got a a fighter's license and gone fought pro no problem wow. yeah it's ridiculous but i mean this is what it was right people didn't really have that experience uh nowadays you know i mean if you if you do that today you, you probably could go sign up and say well yeah i've been training for 10 years and you used to get yourself a license and go fight but that would be signing your, your death warrant because that's it, the talent. The talent out there is just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so basically, what happened with, with me was I started doing the martial arts, general martial arts, you know, uh, self defense type thing, and doing kickboxing with uh, with with Johnny Terry, who was twenty three time world champion, like kickboxing, kicking above the waist, and he was he's like just a you know Canada's hero. He's he's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I love the guy. He's a super nice man. And his training was bar none, some of the best in the world. But there was always something different. So jujitsu was self-defense, you know, throws, and then, uh, you know, oh, it grabs you by the wrist and you twist it like that, and that type of thing, and, you know, finger locks. And then kickboxing, you know, punch to the face and, and a kick to the body, front kick to the body. Then I started noticing things like Muay Thai. Yeah. Oh, he's kicking him in the leg. What's, I've never seen that before. Oh, he's throwing an elbow to the head. What is that? Right. And then I see, I started seeing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, these people, you know, hugging each other on the ground. Right. Yeah. I was like, what is that? And then he chokes the guy out. The guy passes out. I'm like, what, what, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, I started to experiment with other things and look at, you know, uh, look at other martial arts. And I just didn't find there was enough. There wasn't enough for me to learn. I needed to learn more. I just wanted, I had to like that drive, that thrive. Uh, uh, that I wanted to excel. I wanted to learn more. I was just too limited. You know, kicks to the body only? No, no. What's this leg kick thing? What's his knee? What's his elbow? What's this uh, takedown? What is it? wrestling? What is that? You know? <laughs> I, I knew wrestling as in wrestling as in WWE. I didn't know, you know, Olympic wrestling. I didn't really yeah. have a have a clue that that was very, very important in our sport. Yeah. Um, so, so I did experimenting different things and I started really, you know, rounding out my, 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 my game. My stand-up was getting even with my my wrestling. My wrestling was getting even with my ground, and uh, and then I started, you know, seeing this MMA stuff, this UFC. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I just decided, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try this stuff. Uh, I had some comp competition before, some amateur stuff, uh, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu and that type of thing. But but I was like, no, I I gotta I gotta do this. So. Yeah, that's what it started, pretty much. So what's your professional record, it's your, is it 11 and 10 or 11 and 11? Uh, 11 and 11. 11 yeah, 11. yeah. So yeah. 22, 22 fights MMA. Uh, and I wish it started earlier because the last five fights were just, I mean, it's just an old man trying to beat up young kids, which was utterly impossible with the, the energy these guys have. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, if I started younger, maybe it would have been easier. I know it would have been easier, but... um. You know, it, again, that goes back to what I said about the level, of the, the the changing of the guard, so to speak, the level of of training today, what they what they are like today. Uh, I mean, I, I'm 51, but I, I, you know, age is a factor. However, there there are like young lads out there that I spar with in my gym, like my own students, 
I can't even keep up with them. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out of shape because of the COVID and so on, not training. It doesn't matter. They're just, they're just, they're just untouchable. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Staying on the MMA topic, you know, obviously last week, everyone saw the, the fight that everyone's been waiting to see, you know, obviously the Conor McGregor and the Dustin Poirier fight. Right. What were your thoughts <laughs> on that fight? Um, I, I think that I think I saw um, I think I saw Connor scared walking in. He wasn't his usual self. You could see it in his eyes, it, and that's not to say that that's why he lost, but you could see that. Uh, I mean, people. I mean, I I can walk. I've walked into fights almost every single fight scared, and sometimes you'll see the look on my face. Sometimes you can see them scared, but it doesn't mean you're gonna lose the fight. Right? It all depends on what happens. But Dustin Poirier, he. He didn't let go. He went ahead and he did he did his job. And and when he uh, he had the killer instinct when it, when he got the right shot, went to the right punch, and he said, you know it's him buckling. He he attacked him, and and that's what you have to do in this game. You know whether whether it's whether it's uh you know uh whether it's a rough game or not. That's just part of the game. Is what it is. And you just you know shake hands and shake it off. And I think that I think that uh, uh, Conor McGregor was very very humble about it, and he was very s- smart the way he accepted the loss. Yeah. And uh, I does Dustin Poirier. He's like he's like the, the 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 right image that we need in our sport, right? So he's a great fighter, great athlete, uh, a great ambassador for the sport. And you know, uh, I think that that's I think that's something we need more of. I mean, Conor McGregor. He's you know he's been a loud mouthy. I think he's he's probably learned his lesson. That made him his money because that's what he did, right? So like a WWE sort of character, and that's how he made money, which which is fine. But you know, for us to really uh, gain the respect that we need. We need people like, you know, Dustin Poirier and, 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 and many, many others. You know, yeah. Roy McDonald was a friend of mine as well. Um, you know, George St. Pierre. These people are just like, they're ambassadors for our sport. They're kind, generous, they're hard workers. They, they fight hard and they put on a good show and, they, and they're respectful afterwards. So, yeah. Now, kind of a question that I've never really got to ask a, someone who's been in the professional world of fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is the most like lethal, or for yourself personally, uh, the hardest um, art style that you've had to go against or compete against? Again, like like, like today, everybody trains everything, right? Yeah. You have to have wrestling. The basics. I'll tell you the basics right now. You have to have wrestling. You have to have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and you have to have Muay Thai or stand up, right? Some sort of a stand up game. Some people say, oh, Muay Thai is better or Taekwondo is better or karate is better or whatever, whatever they want to say. It, you know, you had, you had some karate guys like, um, I was a Brazilian guy's name, the karate black belt. Uh, oh, I'm losing it. But he, either way, you know, he knocked out Randy Couture with a front kick to the face uh, years ago. It, yeah, that'll work. Sure. But I mean, what's a front kick to the face? You can do that with Muay Thai as well. That was Leona mm-hmm. Machida, right? But yeah, there you go. Yeah, Cheetah. Like that's machine, yeah. uh, thanks for jogging my memory. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, oh, yeah, but that was a karate kick. But Muay Thai kick looks the same. Yeah. It's just, I, I literally, I just call it striking. You want to call it, you know, oh, that was a Taekwondo spinning uh, triple sidekick or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was a kick. It's just like you, from, in, my, in my view, it's striking, grappling, and wrestling. Right, so Brazil. You want to call it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Want to call it Sambo? Call it oh, catch wrestling? I don't care what you call it. It's it's, it's grappling, it's wrestling, it's striking. And this is and if you want to train Taekwondo, karate, whatever, fine. It, if it works for you, every athlete is is uh, is different, right? I'm the slowest athlete I know. Like I don't have <laughs> speed. I'm telling you right now, I I don't. Like, I I'm not fast. 
I'm just I'm 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 more of a smart fighter than I am a, than an athletic fighter. Yeah, I'm not that athletic. I'm just, I'm more I'm I'm more of a a thinker than I am a, a fighter. Okay. Um, so I have a couple of guys in my gym who are athletic as hell, athletic as hell, and they don't they don't think that much. They just let the muscle memory work for them, which is great. Yeah, uh, and they let their athleticism work for them, which is great too. Um, what you're, what you need, and these are the type of uh, students that need a coach that need yeah. someone in the corner to say, okay, do it like this, do it like this, or do this. Here's what's going to happen in this move to do it like this way, and then let their athleticism work for them. Yeah. Uh, I had some great coaches in my life, you know, Firas Zahabi, of course, who was my coach. Yeah. Uh, Fabio Holanda was my coach. I had Pacote in my corner a couple of times. Uh, you know, and it's nice to have those guys. And I listen, I'll hear for, I'll hear them, and when I'm in the in the cage or in the ring. But I also have to use my my own, you know, smarts and what my what I know what my body can do. Yeah. Right. So that's also very important. Okay. Um, touching back on the acting, um, how old were you when you got your first gig? Oh, um, my I my actually my first actual gig I was I was 20 years old in Montreal, and this is we're talking way before I retired, obviously, before I even started martial arts. And it was, it was actually something I did. I was a background actor in a, in a film called uh, Neighbors, I think. And it was in Montreal when I was living there. And I was a waiter. And this, and this is another reason why I, why I, I love the acting uh, thing, the acting um, um, business. I went to this, to this uh, scene. I was a waiter, and I was just a background waiter. But I served, I served wine to Linda Kozlowski, who was, who was in The Crocodile Dundee and other, many other films. Uh, and I just found the way they the way they set things up, the way the camera set up, the way they, you know the the mics for the for the actors, and the whole scene, the way it's set up. They rented a whole restaurant, right, and 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 took it, to, you know, emptied it, and just put actors and, and cameras and everything else. And just the whole production was so interesting. And I only did the one day, right, and it was fun. But then you know after I retired, that was the only time I did acting. But then after I retired, and uh, uh, I did my first actual gig as as you know as a say a full grown adult or, or at least in my in my retirement in, from fighting um i was able to i was able to absorb a lot more and understand a lot more and uh i was only a background guy but it was still i was still able to watch and see how they work and how um how the scenes work how they change angles and and how the the lighting works and how the uh, you know the can't the the um the the sound guys work uh, that that was giving me that gave me an opportunity to, to understand it a bit more and get more comfortable with it. So it was fun. So it, how how was it in the sense of uh, um, I don't know, did I did I get anywhere with it? Not really. It was just just learning, right? Still learning. And then, but when I did my first acting role, uh, when I when I first got the uh, when I say acting means when I have lines, um, I was nervous as a mother. <laughs> Oh my God. And then I, you know, when I was saying the lines during the scene, I, I didn't feel like I was speaking. I, 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 did I even do, did I actually say something? Did I, they're cut like, oh, did I do okay? I, I didn't say that, but in my head, in my head, it's like, did it work out? I don't know. But uh, it turned out okay. So, you know, apparently so. Yeah. When you're in a industry like the media industry or acting industry where it's so cutthroat and it's so competitive, how hard is it to actually build genuine relationships? Because, you know, when you're in the acting and media industry, everyone's always fighting to be the best or everyone's always fighting for the next opportunity. So how mm -hmm. is it building genuine relationships in the industry for you? Uh, what relationships with who? With the actors or with? Yeah, the it was, yeah, it was producers, actors, 
Like what's actors, the next- actors is easy, and I'll tell you why. Because because the thing is, everyone is different, right? All the actors are different. So I have a different look than I don't know John in the corner. He's got a different face. Maybe we have maybe we have uh, the same acting style, but he's got a different look. So he won't be auditioning for the same sort of scenes that I'll audition for. So there's no real competition there. There might be a general few that we have similar similar looks and same ideas and stuff, but it's very it's not it's not that common, right? So so a casting director will they'll go through like they flip through the looks the, the looks of these these actors. Okay, well let, this is the type of look we want. What kind of experience do you have? Okay, let's have them audition. So in, in that sense, it's it's pretty easy to build relationships with the people, and and actors tend to stay connected and learn from each other, right? So we can do acting scenes together and work with each other. Building relationships with directors and producers. Uh, in my level, it's almost impossible. I mean, you know them, you'll say hi to them. And, you know, next time you work with them again, say hi to them. But say, hey, can I get your number? Um, no, <laughs> don't even don't even try doing that. Uh, and, you know, my management even tell me, don't even reach out to shake their hand. Let them do it first. They Because they, they, they're walking around with, with these little uh, sanitization bottles. And this is before COVID even started. Right, they're always like that. So don't even reach out and shake their hand. Uh, you just wait for them. If they want to shake their hands, they'll do it. And it's 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 a little more difficult on that sense. Yeah. Now, with the acting, do you actually have a passion at all for the film work behind it, or like you know any? Oh yeah, you... I do. I do so much. Uh, there's just it, I respect the people who who are educated in that in that field. Uh, camera work, editing, sound editing, sounds. You know, setting up the sounds. Uh, with the microphones and so on, because there's just so much to learn, so much to learn. You know, just the things that they do to set up a scene is it's it's remarkable how they you know, how they they check the distance from the cameras to this distance from the lights and the lighting and the, they look behind the screen, see how it looks, and then the director decides this, the producer decides that. Then they come together with with this scene, and then we end up with this 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 art you have on on TV. Yeah. I think it's I think it's amazing. It just uh, there's so much to learn. And uh, I have a lot of respect for people that, you know, that are educated in that, in that business. Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. You know, when you're in the acting industry, I think it's safe to say that it takes a lot of perseverance. You know, obviously, when you're trying to make it in the industry, you know, sometimes you're going to hear a lot of no's. And sometimes you think you have something and then you're oh, not wait, going to get it. Wait, sometimes you can hear a lot of no's? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, I, okay wait, a lot of t- <laughs> Well, first of all, I, I got to tell you one thing. You actually never hear no. Really? You never you never hear no. What you do, what you hear is nothing. You know, <laughs> like you go, you go audition, you don't hear nothing. They don't tell you nothing. They don't say no, you didn't get it. They never tell you that. So I get what you're saying, but they, they'll never tell you no. They just don't call you, right? Yeah. So you have to say, okay, well, if, if you're doing 10 to 12 auditions and you're getting one out of 10 to 12, you're doing, you're doing good. It's pretty average. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you run, sometimes you run into, like I ran into like doing 20, 30 auditions, didn't get one. It's hard on, it's hard on your brain, right? It's hard on your, 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 hard on your person. It's hard on your, 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 um, your uh, what's the word? Your confidence. And uh, you just have to fight through it and keep going, you know. Then I finally got something. Oh, man, this could be good. This could be a good one. You know, I just did something for, for Titans, a TV series. Yeah. So 
it's a good series, Warner Brothers, so it's nice, yeah. right? So you just got to keep going, keep doing the auditions and see what happens. And if, the thing is, I tell my, my agent the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so fun. She goes, listen, you're getting called for auditions. That's a good thing. So if you're not getting called for auditions, that's a different story. Yeah. But they're actually yeah. looking at you. They see your picture. They see your experience. And they call you in for the auditions. So that's, that's the first thing that you have to think about. If they if they don't hire you, well, then maybe I didn't have the right look. Maybe it wasn't what they wanted. Maybe the maybe my voice is too deep. Maybe my voice is too high. I don't know. Maybe something. Maybe a bunch of things. So with that being said, obviously every actor has to start somewhere. What was it that kept you going? Because obviously people, it's so easy for people to quit in the actor industry, right? You do all these auditions, and people, like you said, you don't hear back from people. But for you personally, yeah. what kept you going? I like acting. I like uh, I like the progress. I like progression. I like the I like the pursuit. I like the um, the process. I just love the process. I love to every time I every time I go every time I go do an audition, whether it's a self tape like a tape I do at home, or I go to an audition, I learn something about myself. I learn something about a character. I learn something about uh, the industry itself every single time. There's not one time I didn't go and learn something. So it's always you know a thir- I have a thirst for knowledge that's that I think is very important for for anything. Now, with the large amount of things you do, like from, you know, cooking, you're still, you know, coaching and training in in martial arts. Yeah. You do the personal training and the acting, like with all that. I know a lot of university students complain that they're busy and they have a lot to do. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's nothing compared to what I'm hearing you have to do. So just to kind of to switch up the whole topic for some advice for some of the university kids listening to this, what would you say is some key points you use to stay you know, on time, keep your schedule good and manage everything you're doing in a day. <laughs> uh, well, you, you have to, your, your time management is obviously important, but you have to know what, like what job you have to do that takes the longest, what job you have to do that takes the least amount of time, what job you, is priority, which job is less, pri- every job is priority, but which job is, has more priority. Uh, so you have to sort of look at, look at each individual thing that you're doing and then, and put it in the right place in the day or in the week, depending on what, you know, how your, how your schedule works. Um, when it comes to school, like when you're talking about schoolwork and learning, I, it's hard for me to compare cause I was terrible in school because I was a moron. Uh, I never, you know, I was always out partying and stuff, which is a stupid thing to say, but I, I did. And but learning today, so right now I'm actually taking. Oh, I didn't mention I was taking a real estate course. I'm taking a real estate oh. course too. <laughs> wow! So <That'd> be more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's more. Um, it's just because I, I like I like the real estate industry. It's not, not another thing that's interests me. But and also the COVID thing has really been uh, hard hard on on everyone. And it's like to have a backup, right? So just in case. Yeah. Um, so I try to spend you know four hours a week on the learning process of, of uh, the real estate business program. And then I have my schedule for the gym, which obviously I have to be there at certain times. So that's when I know, okay, well, I, I can't do it at these certain times because I'm doing this. So it's just a matter of just, you know, uh, figuring out which, what, what things are priority, what things take a certain amount of time, what things I need to put in more, more energy or effort into, and then, and then go from there. So it's, you just have to make a list, right? That's what I would yeah. suggest. Be, How often have you had to sacrifice sleep, family time for, you know, high priority things in a day? Or would you say that, you know, sleep and family always comes ahead of? Sleep I've sacrificed all my life. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I would never sacrifice family. Okay. Uh, but if you have a family that understands that you're busy, that's a different story. But you always okay. have to, you always have to make time, of course. Um, because that's what keeps you that's what keeps you uh, sane and also keeps you grounded, and also keeps you uh, understanding. That's why you're doing all this work, yeah. right? Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. Touching on the physical training part about of your resume. You know, obviously COVID's been a time for everybody where everyone has to readjust. You know, people like me and Jason who are so used to going to the gym and working out and hooping every day have to adjust to a new norm. So with that being said, what's been the biggest adjustment you've had to make during COVID as it relates to your training? Because obviously for you, it seems like someone likes to train a lot and go hard, but since COVID, it's not the same. So what's been the biggest adjustment for you in terms of your personal training? All right, so you you just made a, an assumption that I like training. <laughs> so, well training's not fun but you have to if no, you want to be the best guy to do it. yeah yeah so training is not fun i i actually hate training mm. i actually i the only thing i love about about my job or my training that's the training part is i love to spar and i love to roll right i love to do jujitsu and love to you know do some muay thai but physical training to get in shape i hate it i've always hated it i've done it obviously hard to get in my you know to get through my career um but what I've done, you know, during the COVID situation because of the COVID, I man, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I got lazy. I sat on my fat ass and didn't, didn't <laughs> work. I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I missed, I missed the jujitsu. I missed the Muay Thai. I missed that type of thing. There was like a short period in, in the short period in the past year where I actually enjoyed going to the gym. Mm-hmm. When good life opened up again. And like literally short, like maybe like three, four weeks. <laughs> and I was like, Oh God, I hate lifting. But this is all I've been doing is like to stay in shape. It's just been lifting weights. Um, and just recently I started doing sparring again with my students and jujitsu and stuff. And that's, that's something I can do all day. Yeah. I can do that all day. Cause I love it. But doing weights, I'll go in and do, um, you know, 45 minutes. I'll be in and out. I hate it. Yeah. I really hate working out. Well, my, you know, with the gym, with it, my, with my gym, I have a small weight studio, so I can do some weights. So I li- literally just started like a, a few weeks ago. But uh, to keep to sort of go back to what you asked, like what did I do, you know, to keep to keep active, really, uh, I did a little bit of workout workouts at home with my wife, and very 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 rarely she did more, she did more more of it than I did, and um, and just kept busy really uh, and focused on you know reopening the gym and and uh, you know and I didn't I'm telling you man I didn't I barely did any work any 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 uh, physical workouts at all I just started recently so. Now, in a business sense, with uh, Tim Bushido there, yes, you sir. have two two gyms opened up, no, no, correct? Just one, just one, just one, just one. That's yeah. in the PN, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, were you where were you before in the PN? We were uh, we were still in the PN, just down the road uh, on Slack Road. So it's probably about a, a five or seven minute drive. We had so this is what COVID did to us, or what the government the government did to us, really, not COVID. Uh, well, I had sold my gym in one end of the city. Uh, I had reopened uh, after many, many years, or sorry, a couple of years of, of issues I had with a partner. So I, I, I shut down and started from scratch again. I reopened, uh, I reopened the gym, ended up selling the gym, did pretty good. I opened up in the West End, which is Nepean. Yeah. Uh, and then I also uh, brought someone from Thailand. I paid for his work visa, brought him over. So we opened January 6th. And then February... We get this news, and in March we get shut down. Oh, 
and the landlord wasn't very uh, helpful. Uh, he didn't want to play with the play with the government uh, funding, um, and I basically told him to go himself and uh, took all the stuff and 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 put everything in storage for almost a year. So since then, I've been you know keeping active, doing private lessons, you know, working construction, just keeping busy, but also keeping my my students students alive, knowing that that you know we're gonna come back again. I would go give them a, a lesson in, in the park in the summertime. We did lessons in the park for them for free, and then we did some uh, uh, in some somebody had a, a space for us to use for a while. So we did it in their, in their space finally opened up again, January 4th. And then, uh, January 4th, I think a week later, they, they announced another shutdown. I'm like, mm, no, I'm not shutting down. <laughs> so I stayed open and, um, and we've been open ever since. And actually the, the first two weeks that we opened, we signed up 17 new members oh, and that, and, and if you, if you don't know much about, you know, gyms and sending uh, sign up members, I'm happy with 10 per month. We did 17 yeah. weeks, so, and they know they know that we're not supposed to be open, but they wanted to come train you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, in the business side, like starting it up, what was what was your uh, your your point where it hit? I want to start my own gym. I wanted to like you know. Oh, the first build time the capital. Yeah, the, the first, first time. time. What was, yeah. That was about 18 years ago, 17 years ago. Um, when I was when it, when I first started the martial arts, I had. Uh, the person I was working for in the gym offered me to open up my own, my own satellite gym. And I, I, I didn't really, I, I've all had business before, but I never martial arts studio. It's different memberships uh, instead of like retail stuff. I was used to sell retail stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was a pawn shop. Really, I used to you sell retail stuff and give loans and that type of thing. Yeah. But memberships are different, right? So it's, it's like you're, 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 you're interacting with people in a positive way building their, building their, their, their health, building their, their, their mind. Um, and I wasn't sure. So I ended up doing a satellite, satellite school, which is just means uh, a small location. It wasn't like a brick and mortar. I rented somebody's space that was already available. Yeah. And it just like, it took off and we did it in Rockland, a small town in the East end. Yeah. Uh, and it took, like, it just took off. We just, people started coming in and started interacting with people. And then my kids were training with me. It was just, I was like, oh, this is it. This is where I got to be. And uh, once that happened, I started, you know, putting all my all my money into the gym and, and built it up from there. And uh, we ended up we ended up about you know a couple of years later with 350 members, oh. 350 members in one small location in small town, which had like 10,000 people. Yeah, that's insane. So, yeah, yeah, we really built it up really well. Now investing in the own company, I know a lot of people talk about risk in business, and you have to you know risk manage everything, yeah. and it can be scary for a lot of people. Was it scary for you at all, or would you consider it scary having to, you know, put a lot of capital into your own business? No, it didn't scare me because I, I, I tell you why. Because when I said when I said I when I started the satellite school and I saw this momentum starting, uh, I know that I'm a worker and I know that I, I don't give up easily. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't say it scared me. It, it excited me. I got excited, and the more I the more I got excited, the more I worked. Yeah the more I worked, the more, the more members came in and it, it, like, it didn't scare me at all. It would just like literally just excited me to, to, you know, to bring in more people and they get more people in the gym. And we were, I mean, we had 30 to 35 kids in one class, which is, <laughs> which is crazy. That's and that, and it was just, it was just me teaching it. My kids, <laughs> my kids would help me once in a while, you know, uh, but you know, they were kids themselves, but, but it was just fun. You know, when you're able to have fun, you're able to make money. You're able to, uh, you know, change people's people's lives. 
I mean, what, what more do you want? You know, it's one of the very few that's like a true ethical business and moral business. Cause in a lot of instances it's one's gaining the other's going to lose at yep. some point. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear seriously. Cause you don't see much of that anymore. No, that's very, very true. That's why I enjoy this, this, this job so much. What has acting done in terms of like bringing you opportunities? Like what have been the biggest opportunities you got from doing acting and all that? Just to do uh, auditions for some, some pretty important people. Uh, I think that's, that's probably the biggest, biggest opportunity I've ever had. And, you know, to be able to just to, just to say that I auditioned for, for people like Charlize Theron, uh, you know, that type of thing, that's a pretty big opportunity. Cause if I would have got it, and I'd be, you know, working with them directly. I did. Oh wait, I did meet uh, um, Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy is was from a TV a movie called Sixteen Candles, and many other many other films. And it's he he's he's a director. I worked for him, and when he came out to meet me, it was like I didn't, I didn't even know he was on. He didn't know he was directing the film. He came out and gave me some direction from from the scene, and I kind of like was starstruck i didn't know what to say and he was like this big he's tiny and uh and then he came back out after this this after he redirected me he said he said perfect I said, oh thanks so andrew mccarthy uh, you can look him up he's from the 16 candles so it's probably the biggest biggest thing that's ever happened in my in my career like yeah personal networking would you say yeah. acting was the kind of the catalyst to your your networking uh no not at all my my the biggest catalyst to my networking was my fighting career Okay. For, yeah. for sure yeah so the acting is, is has added on to it yeah. but the, the the fight career has been has been barn on the the biggest biggest one for networking yeah. like i mean when i first started fighting and i and i built my social media it was like you know, friend requests friend requests you know follows 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 after one after the other it was like nonstop. and then you know with my acting pages, with my acting pages, my acting and social media is not that it's not that uh, that busy. I'm not I'm not that I'm not famous at all, yeah. right? In acting, so I'm just started sort of starting out. But see, yeah, definitely in uh, you know when I especially when I started fighting across Canada, uh, it really it took off like crazy as far as that the network. So you basically talked about it, you know, at the end. But like, what's like the biggest lesson that acting has taught you about yourself and like life? Because you know, you always say when you go to every audition, you learn something. Like, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? Uh, I learned how to dig deep inside me um, and find things that uh, sometimes I wouldn't say that they're hidden, but that are that are there that I didn't realize that I can pull up. Uh, example, you know, pulling up uh, feelings that that affected me when I was a kid. Sometimes I need to pull that out, you know, so they call it method acting, you know, so you got to pull it out and, and, and feel from something experience you've experienced in your life. I've learned how to um, control my actions according to my emotions. That's something that, that's, that's come from not only the acting, but also my fight career. Uh, I mean, you go into a fight and some guy punches you in the face. I mean, what are you going to do? You can freak out and hit him back and without any control. Is to learn how to control yourself, right? Because it's, it's it's it is a, it is a fight, but the acting, like I said, it's it's, it's taught me how to um, how to dig deep and find the emotions I'm looking for, and also uh, taught me how to listen more. Because things when you're if you're not if you're not listening, your person that you're reading with may say the wrong words or may say the wrong line, and then you're if you're reading the next line on the on the script, it doesn't make sense. So you have to be able to hear what they're saying. So that you can play ball back and forth. Yeah. yeah. 
So paying attention is something that's really important. And that's what I've, I've learned quite a bit in the, in the acting industry. Anyways, that's all the time that we have, so Nabil, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, and that's a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. You can catch the video of this interview on YouTube and listen to the full interview on all podcast streaming platforms. See you guys next week.